we're at the time of year where we go, oh, no, where has the time gone? The holiday season has already arrived. Yes. Like it's a surprise. You're we right. all have calendars. <laughs> what is the problem? Every year. And I don't know about you, but this is the time of year where I'm like, oh, yeah, this year I'm not going to buy the cheap plastic <sighs> crap for my kids in <laughs> yes. my life. And I'm going to have an eco-conscious holiday. And then my plan falls apart. Every year I'm like, this is going to be the simplicity holiday. It's going to be, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's all Martha Stewart. And then all of a sudden you're just screaming into the void. Yeah. <laughs> screaming yeah. into the void. Oh, I yeah. totally agree. So our listener this week, um, it sounds like she has felt this way before. Her name is Joan Stevens. She teaches environmental studies and plant sciences at Pasadena City College. Mm. And so she's a real cheerleader for the environment. But she also has two little boys, and she loves giving them gifts for the holidays. Right. But... I would like some inspiration, some ideas, especially supporting small local business that doesn't have so much packaging and so much stuff for the holidays. When I just see, like, what happens to our trash bin, you know, after the holidays, it makes my stomach hurt. So there's just, like, wrapping paper and boxes and just so much cluttery stuff that ends up going to the landfill. So how can I provide gifts and fun holiday excitement for my family that doesn't involve so much packaging and waste. Oh, Joan, I can feel the stress in your question. Mm -hmm. But it's a satisfying question because there's so much waste around the holidays and there are so many relatively simple ways to make it better. There are. Let's go through them. This is the Anti-Dread Climate Podcast, your practical personal guide to protecting the planet. I'm Candace Dickens-Russell, environmental educator and CEO at Friends of the LA River. And I'm Kaylee Wells, KCRW's climate reporter. This is one of those topics that can feel really overwhelming, especially yeah. in the U.S. where we've made the holidays all about consumption and what did you what did you get? What are you giving? What did you I get? I know. That just makes it so much harder. So there's so many opportunities to be wasteful. Right. And, and our expert actually introduced me to this disappointing but hopefully inspiring statistic mm. on that point. Um, this is sustainable living educator Sarah Robertson-Barnes. We throw out um, between American Thanksgiving and the end of uh, the year, 25% more trash than we do the entire rest of the year. Let's start with wrapping paper, because that's where Joan started. Yes, you're right. And we probably have to start by breaking some hearts at the beginning. <laughs> Your wrapping paper probably isn't recyclable. Unless it's pretty, you're... but no. I know. <laughs> unless you're using that, like, matte brown stuff. Which is cool. It's very cool. I don't mean to suggest that, but I also know that there are children that want the shiny, glittery yes, stuff. Yes. But it's probably not recyclable. It's not. It's not. And we are the matte brown, you know, family. Like I okay. and, and I have done the regular wrapping paper because you go to the store and it's so pretty. I know. And it matches your theme. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so seductive. You're like, oh, the wrapping paper. But what I have made myself do, and this just happened last week, is order the recycled mm -hmm. post-consumer wrapping paper, the giant roll. I've got no excuses. It comes with a thud on the on the living room floor. But you make it pretty. Like when mm -hmm. I was when she was younger, I'd have my daughter take like little white paint and decorate that. It looks oh, so pretty, that's right? Cute. Yeah. Or you put a little sprig of greenery when you put the beautiful ribbon, the reusable ribbon, right? Uh -huh. Not the plastic ribbon, but real ribbon. And it can be so beautiful. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I was also introduced to this idea that she brought up um of Fudoski. Have you heard of this? No. It's it's this, you basically wrap stuff in cloth. Oh, I didn't know there was a word for that. Yes. I love it. It's basically, I call it like the glass Tupperware of holiday wrapping. <laughs> we started doing that about five years ago. I just went to the thrift store and found some fabric remnants and like a bed sheet, cut them into squares, and we've been wrapping with that ever since. 
She also recommended wrapping with like silk scarves and then using the scarf as part of the gift. I love that. Sort of our next point here probably isn't going to save your trash can on New Year's Day, but <laughs> throughout the year, it'll be helpful focusing on sort of quality gifts over the quantity of gifts. Absolutely. And I know with kids, this is easier said than done. Mm-hmm. I've got four nieces Goodness. and I really struggle to give them gifts that they want, but that are also environmentally thoughtful. Yeah, there's. it's not easy to do. And the wrapping thing, if you're used to having lots of things to unwrap on mm-hmm. Christmas morning, yeah. it makes you feel like you need to provide that for any small people in your life. The good news is if they're your own small people, they don't know any better. Okay. <laughs> They've never been anywhere else. So we decided on a three gift thing. We said it was good enough for baby Jesus, it's good enough for our daughter. Oh, perfect. And so she gets three gifts from us. She gets three things and she unwraps them. I never wanted to be in that situation where your child is unwrapping a gift while looking for the next gift. Yeah, yeah. Like the, it makes you so much more present when you know it's these three things. This is what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. You know, and family gives her something. My sister's going to give her something. My brother's going to give her something. My mom's going to give her something. So that's not all she's getting for the holiday, but those three gifts make she knows that. She's never had more than just those three. Some, Santa will sometimes bring something extra, like one other thing. Uh-huh. But like those three gifts from Mama and Daddy, she knows that's what she's getting. And then she has this very present moment when she's opening her presents. And that's never, she's never complained about that. That's never been an issue. No, I don't think that the kids at school compare how many gifts they got. I don't know mm-hmm. what school other people's kids go to, but our school, that's not a topic of okay, discussion. Okay, great. I feel very, very fortunate for that. Yeah. This point that you're making about your daughter just knowing that that's just how that's it works at happen. home. That's right. Um, Roberts and Barnes kids are kind of the same way. Like if they want a PlayStation, they know that like that's going to be their big gift. And mm. they also know to ask to look for it on eBay oh. instead of Best Buy or right. somewhere brand new. I like that. Um, and she says it's kind of a teachable moment mm-hmm. she's found. It does take a little bit more effort, but I do think that's the point. Um, And be really open and honest. Like, there's nothing wrong with a, a, quote, secondhand gift. You can talk to them about it from the money angle, from the uh, eco-friendly angle, uh, from the cherish what you have angle. There's so many opportunities to have some real meaningful conversations about the things that we buy with our kids. Okay, another question here. Mm -hmm. Do you do stocking stuffers? I do. That's my place where I get to cheat on the three gifts. Okay. Okay, (laughs) got it. I get to get pencils. I get to get paintbrushes. Mm -hmm. I get to get little chapsticks. I get to get cute little erasers. And those are the things that go in there. And and a tip that I found that works for some people who have started to reduce the number of presents that they're giving is to wrap those things. If it's Mm. in your mind, it's all about how many things they can unwrap that day. Wrap those little things, too. Uh-huh. Wrap the stocking stuffers as well. And then there's more stuff to open. If that's your if that's your vibe, stuff to open. <laughs> if that's yeah, your priority, yeah. then wrap more stuff. That's really interesting, too, that you it sounds like you pick consumable things. Yes, because they go so fast. With right. Kids. Yeah, absolutely. It's always like the crayons and the, the little treats and like those sorts of things get put into the, the stocking. OK, so yeah. there you go. That makes a lot of sense. Some of the other stuff that Robertson Barnes suggested, uh, craft supplies, like you said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bulk candy. Yes, that's consumable. Absolutely. Um, baked goods. Mm. Although you got to be a, you got to be trying real hard if you're going to be stuffing a lot of stockings bake, with so baked goods. Not. But hey, some people can. <laughs> Um, she also said there will be sometimes grab bags at her thrift store. Oh, right. I've seen so those. if you need to have that plastic sure, junk, but sure. you don't want to add to the landfill, right. you might be able to grab some Yet. without adding <laughs> to the demand of creating more plastic junk. 
One thing that we're really pushing for this year with our kids is an experience gift. Um, so now that they're big enough, mine are uh, 11 and 12. So I've asked for a season's pass to the amusement park near us uh, for the grandparents to all pool in on that um, rather than you know, random stuff that they're not um, going to use or look at again or, or remember. But every time we do the activity, hey, remember Grammy and Grandpa got this for Christmas? Isn't that awesome? And this is actually something my husband's uncle did last year for us. We got a membership to Huntington Gardens. Love it. Which, if you're not from here, is just this beautiful curated botanical garden mm-hmm. near me. And I think about him every time we go. Right. Um, I've also gifted donations. So like there's this company in Australia that is replanting coral in the Great Mm. Barrier Reef since so much of it has died because of climate change. And you can adopt a piece of coral and then you get a little certificate for the one that they planted. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I did that for a couple members of my family and they got like a fake coral ornament to remind them of their adopted coral that they have in Australia. These experience gifts are really the hotness, I think. I think this is the way to go. Yeah. That also takes away the stress from, like, I always would hate when grandma would come and she'd be like, oh, well, where's the thing that I got you? Oh, and you got to yeah. be like, oh, it's in the <laughs> closet very far away. Yes. <laughs> um, I also want to address one of Joan's more specific questions about shopping local. Mm. And Robertson Barnes says that that's also really important to make sure you do. Now more than ever, we need to be supporting local businesses. That push during the pandemic to do that is really sort of waned. Um, And, you know, it's buy local or goodbye local. Um, And just remember, you're going for quality over quantity. Um, One small thoughtful gift is so much more meaningful than a bunch of stuff. And I think that last bit is really important because chances are you're going to be paying more dollars for the local stuff. Absolutely. Um, Amazon stays in business because it's so fast and cheap. Right. But if you can start early, it gives you a little more time to go to those small stores, take a look, digest what they have. I love there's a little toy store that we love that Mm -hmm. we have gone to like every year. We just, you know, my husband takes a little bit of time, a little bit of a longer lunch break and I drive down there and we just walk through and I love that we're supporting them. I think that's such a significant thing that we can do. Yeah. Oh, that's a really sweet idea. I like that. Um, All right. I got another question for you Mm -hmm. because I've been getting this a lot and I know that you know the answer. Real tree or fake tree if you celebrate (laughs) Christmas? Real tree for the win. Okay. So, you know, trees offer ecosystem services. They sequester carbon. They capture water. They provide oxygen. They provide habitat. And a real tree is doing all of those things the whole time it's growing in a farm. Now, Mm -hmm. if you're going out and hacking a tree in an endangered forest, I don't know what to tell you. Sure. Okay. But (laughs) if it's been, if the intention of the tree was to grow to be a Christmas tree, it is still providing those ecosystem services while it's growing. And Mm. especially if you can get a local tree where it hasn't been on a truck for three days to get to you, that is an amazing thing. As opposed to a fake tree that is made of plastic, made Probably not around the corner from your house. Mm-hmm. Probably not by people who should be making these trees. It's a lot of young people, children in factories making these horrible things with all these chemicals. And then it gets on a slow boat to get to you. So no question. Real tree. Okay. One more thought here. Big thing. Food choices. What's on the menu mm. during the holidays? I mean, the obvious thing to me is like pick turkey or chicken instead of steak or ham mm-hmm. and stop putting bacon on everything. Why do we put bacon on the green bean because casserole? Because it's so damn good. But okay, yes, but... you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it could just be a green bean casserole. You're absolutely right. It's hard, though, but we cannot talk about climate unless we talk about food. Yeah. And it's one of these inescapable realities. So you're right. It's, it's a little bit lower on the food chain. 
it's those sides that everybody loves the sides better anyway. Oh, I know. That's so, the best so part. So lean in on the sides. Lean in on the sides. I think we've got a lot of takeaways, so let's see if we can condense all of these into like 30 seconds. So, Joan, how do you celebrate a more sustainable holiday season? <laughs> Replace your shiny wrapping paper with recyclable or compostable paper or just ditch the paper altogether and use reusable cloth or yes. some other creative wrapping material. Focus on quality over quantity, buy fewer things, buy experiences instead of stuff, and invest in nicer, locally, sustainably made stuff instead of these cheaper, faster options from, you know, big box online. Uh-huh. I know what I know what big <laughs> online store you're talking about. Uh, don't buy a new artificial tree if you can. Either stick with, if you have an artificial tree you've already got, it's already destined for landfill, yes. stick with what you've got, mm-hmm. or keep buying real trees. Yes. And let the vegetables shine at your holiday dinners. Lean in on those sides. Kaylee, what's the good news this week? So our good news this week is actually out of Los Angeles. So you know how our utility in L.A., the L.A. Department of Water and Power, has this really ambitious goal to run on 100 percent renewable energy by 2035. So that would mean just 12 years from now, every time if you live in L.A., every time you turn on your A.C. at home or you put your kid on LAUSD's growing fleet of electric school buses or every time you go into an L.A. office building and you flip on the lights all of that energy would be generated renewably, generated without a drop of gas or an ounce of coal. I know that sounds um, really ambitious. And two years ago, when the study came out, the analysts said, we have to about double our renewable energy resources to hit that goal. Well, UCLA just did this study to sort of like check up on our progress. And, you know, they said, hey, it's been two years since we committed to this. Are we close? Are we making progress equitably, like in a way that's benefiting everybody? And the answer was, yeah, like it's going pretty well. We're already more than halfway there. So my apartment in L.A., it's using on average about 55 percent renewable energy. And by 2030, we're expected to get to about 80 percent. And so therefore, by the time we hit 2035, we are expected to hit that almost unimaginable 100 percent goal. Oh, my gosh, that's so cool. I know. That's it this week on the Anti-Dread Climate Podcast. If you haven't, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. We've got a newsletter that will have our advice every week. To get that in your inbox or to ask us a question, go to kcrw.com slash climate. Next week, we're touching the third rail of climate solutions, perhaps the largest and most touchy climate decision that you ever make. Does having kids have a detrimental impact on our planet? Oh, my goodness. We're going there, are we? I know. We're going there. All righty. I'm Candace Ickens-Russell, environmental educator and CEO at Friends of the LA River. I'm Kaylee Wells, climate reporter at KCRW. Our executive producer is Sonia Geis. Our production assistant is Celine Mendiola. Our technical director is John Meek. And our music is by Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs. The Anti-Dread Climate Podcast is a KCRW production. 